0: So hello and welcome to the Outside In Radio Show with me Amber and me Freya. Thanks for tuning in.
1: First off, a quick reminder to go to lower atrium slash portrait room area at break time on Monday or Tuesday to pay for your raffle tickets.
0: Great. So for today's headline, we're talking about the latest updates on the Brexit talks and the key political concept is accountability in the political world.
1: And for our main segment today, we are talking to Miss O'Connor, Miss Eastwood and Mrs. Collins who are all NHHS alumni about their experience as both students and
0: teachers at Notting Hill. But first our good news story of the week. A couple in New York has been reunited with their missing golden retriever puppy called Meadow who had been missing for 10 days. A man who saw a flyer saying that Meadow was missing flew his drone over the woods where Meadow was last seen. He spotted a patch of white on the footage and after zooming in realized it was a dog. He ran to her and returned her to her owners. Um, and our etymology of the week is Ostracon in ancient Greece. Um, an ostracon was a shard of pottery which um, the government used to vote for someone to be exiled. And this is where we get the word ostracize. So now on to politics breakdown.
2: Welcome to Politics Breakdown. For today's headline, we're finally approaching the big taboo subject, the B word, Brexit. Yesterday afternoon, the Prime Minister flew to Brussels to have dinner with Ursula von der Leyen, who is the President of the EU Commission, in an attempt to get a trade deal with the EU agreed. So far, negotiations have been going on and off since we officially exited the EU at the end of January, but a permanent trade deal hasn't been secured. Our transition period where we keep the current rules is ending on um, December 31st of this year so new rules will have to come into force by January so the pressure is really building on Johnson to work out a deal. Why hasn't a deal been agreed yet? Um, There are a few sticking points that um, Britain and the EU haven't managed to agree on. The first one we're hearing a lot about in the news and it's bit weird is fishing so britain wants control back over fishing waters mainly around scotland and in the north Um, but they also want um, access to the free market so currently we export a majority of our fish to the eu so we want to be able to do that easily while also retaining sovereignty of our fishing waters Um, the second one is um, resolving this dispute over um, the internal market bill this was a bill proposed by the government um, to resolve the Northern Irish border issue back in September, and it was quite controversial with the EU, um, who actually tried to sue us over it. Um, they've now dropped these controversial clauses, but there's still a lot of tension between um, von der Leyen and Johnson about it. And the third one is about the level playing field, another phrase we're hearing a lot about. And that's basically the idea that the UK and the EU should have similar standards on food, the environment and things like workers' rights. So in the EU single market, the level playing field is what um, prevents some businesses in one country having an unfair advantage over other ones, um, which is the entire basis of the market is keeping things equal and free. But Johnson is quite reluctant to agree to this on the basis of sovereignty which is really what Brexit meant to be all about. So um, John- Johnson wants the benefits of the single market like being able to trade um, really freely, that's about fishing as well, but he wants to be able to diverge from EU standards on work and food in, if the UK decides to change them. And why is this important? Well, Europe is our closest geographical neighbour and one of our biggest trading partners. So um, the deal will really determine our future relationship with the EU. Um, If there's no deal, more rules will have to be introduced, like border checks and possibly taxes and tariffs on goods that are coming into the UK. Um, this could cause shortages or disruptions with getting things like food into Britain and could have economic consequences so we're already seeing some businesses like Tesco stockpiling food um trying to prepare for a no deal outcome, which a lot of people are saying is now most likely and what was the result of this dinner so um Von der Leyen released a statement after the dinner last night saying that um, Both sides now have a clear understanding of each other's positions but um, that they remain far apart. So she's saying they haven't made that much progress and she also said that we have until Sunday to reach a deal. So they've set a new deadline. Um, This means that the chances of a deal are decreasing and it looks quite unlikely that they'll reach an agreement.
1: Thanks for that, Ruby. We're gonna move on to our political concept, which is accountability in the political world. A key part of being a democracy is making sure that the people in government are held accountable for their actions. This is so important because if a politician has done something bad, they need to be held responsible for this action. So this improves the quality of government and to make sure this would not happen again. There are already some ways that people in government can be held accountable most importantly, general elections, where the general public can fire, as it were, the politicians in power if they did not live up to their manifesto promises or who favor the policies of another political party. For the period that the government is elected, pressure groups like Black Lives Matter, as we discussed before, can help hold the government to account, making sure they govern in the best interests of the people. Also, if there is failure with ministers, it is customary to resign or risk being fired by the PM who has higher and fire privileges. So Ruby, when discussing accountability, who is a government actually accountable
2: to? I think there are three main groups that a government is accountable to. Um, the first one, as you've talked about, is um, the public and the people, because when they vote in the government, they also have the chance to vote out another one. And this is probably the main way the government's accountable. Um, because they can just lose all their power um, from the people. Um, secondly, they're accountable to their own party or ministers in the cabinet are accountable to the prime minister um, because the party provides funding when they're campaigning and in the case of the cabinet it's the prime minister who ultimately decides if a minister should be part of it. So um, they're very um, they're held responsible by the leader of their party and also the media this kind of ties in with pressure groups as well but big newspapers and news stations are really important for holding government accountable so they'll provide scrutiny and criticize the government if they're not um you know behaving up to standard and also the media can pressure ministers or mps into resigning um we saw this with Pretty patel it didn't happen but it was an example of the media trying to hold a government to account. Freya, how do you think a government could avoid accountability?
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned Pretty Patel because she kind of wove into my next point. So, with hire and fire, that kind of rests solely with the PM and sometimes were customary. So, if someone had done something to, for example, Pretty Patel, she was found to be guilty of breaking the ministerial code. Some people could argue that she should have resigned or stepped down, but because you had Boris Johnson as her backing person and high- and fire West with him, he didn't actually he wasn't obligated to fire her. Um, but also this can be dealt through other avenues, um, as it's quite interesting, um, this Thursday it was announced that civil servants are actually suing Boris Johnson over this issue, so sometimes accountability can bounce back even if the government may or may not. Um, avoid
2: accountability that's yeah that's interesting I didn't know about the suing um as people who can't vote or lead pressure groups or um write for major newspapers how do you think we can hold the government to account
1: well I think first of all you can like definitely write to your local MP I know some people in our school like the eco reps and something have actually um written to our local MP which happens to be Rupert Huck about certain issues pertaining the environment so if you want to persuade your mp on an issue to make sure they hold themselves to account then you can definitely do that another example is joining campaigns so this can be like online or pressure groups Um, and thirdly um, e-petitions they've they've particularly cropped up because of the rise of internet over the years but i would be wary because the government is not required to recognize change.org petitions, and those are the ones that usually circulate around um, instagram or twitter so make sure if you do want to hold the government to account use the official government ones which they legally have to look at and consider
2: yeah thanks for that um i think we're going on to the main segment now
0: okay so now on to our main segment um today we have miss eastwood mrs collins and miss o'connor with us um who are all old nhs girls yeah so do you guys want to introduce yourself miss eastwood first
3: Hello, I'm Miss Ingrid, I joined Notting
4: Hill and Ealing High School as Claire Malcolm in 1992. Um, I'm Mrs Collins, Uh, I joined Notting Hill in 1987 as Mary Helen Corridoghini.
5: And I'm Miss O'Connor, I joined the school in 2001 as Katie O'Connor.
1: So what are the main differences now from where the school used to be to now how you teach it?
3: So, uh, the diff- I, I think, I'm think i not sure if the others agree with me, but one of the things I found most striking about coming back to Nottingham as a teacher um, was that it wasn't really that different. Um, so we've got much glossier buildings. It very much, when we were there, it was just a kind of house on the hill, basically. Um, the sixth form, common room, re- I don't know how we all fit in there, but it was a kind of just a rackety sort of... Um, you know, four walls and that was it, Um, so now obviously we've got the glass atrium, all of that, but the sort of essence of Notting Hill really doesn't feel that unchanged to me, Um, and Notting Hill girls certainly seem kind of very familiar as people to me.
4: Um, I'd agree about the sixth form common room. I think we had two sofas that come from a skip. Um, It was really rough and ready. It was... It was quite crowded but it was quite lively and we were always setting off the fire alarm with toast um, and we had our own library and uh, there's a greenhouse where I'm sure there are no smokers at Notting Hill now but there certainly used to be the odd one lurking behind the greenhouse, sometimes with the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't really mention that actually but there we go. <laughs> um, but I would agree with Miss with there are bits that feel really, really familiar and sort of the atmosphere of the school in many ways is the same Um, and I would say the main building is the most familiar. I think the dining room was redone when I was still here so I remember the dining room being different but certainly none of the the newer buildings, uh, the hall and the swimming pool, they weren't there. They were spoken about as mythical things that might happen one day. Um, The swimming pool was first spoken about I know before I got here so it was definitely a 20 year project before it
5: was done I think. It was done while I was here, so um, yeah, I was I was here for. So the, the main hall was different, um, the dining hall was partly the same, um, but half of it was a locker room, um, and the the swimming pool was built while I was here. So I did manage to get on the swim team and things like that in my in my later years. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, the weirdest thing for me was when I was walking around giving the tour to when I came for interview was walking between things that were very familiar. I could say, oh, I had my English lessons in here, and then suddenly I was in a very strange corridor um, and didn't recognise it at all, and then i find myself back somewhere I recognised again. So they've just done, is it P1 or P2 This has been done? P1? P1. And before, before that, that was my physics, you know, that was my physics room, so it's, it was exactly, like, I know exactly where I sat and everything, which is very strange. Um, but, yeah, a lot of that's to do with buildings, but, yeah. So, yeah.
4: so the, what is now the library when I arrived was the junior school hall, and then it became an art room, so I did my A-level art in there, and it's now the library. So that feels quite different. And I did my music lessons, I did music lessons in what is now the staff room. Um, I'd say, I don't know if my colleagues feel the same way, I still get a funny feeling opening the staff room door. It still feels like something you're not supposed to be doing.
3: I agree, I can never believe that when I go and sit at my desk that no one sort of stopped me and uh, chucked me out into the year nine classroom is where I belong.
4: <laughs> oh, and we did distinctions, yes, that's, that surprised me that that's still happening, we, we yeah. did distinctions in the head's office, you would take your book there at uh, break time, that's wow. the same. Yeah.
0: Oh wow, some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what made you come back to teach here as opposed to somewhere else?
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, for me, I was, um, there were lots of things that you don't realise about Notting Hill when you're at Notting Hill. And I think uh, when I was at Notting Hill, I just kind of took for granted the school. And I think the thing that is unchanged about Notting Hill girls is the kind of cynical eye roll about everything, you know. So in our day, it was like, oh, God, the school's so obsessed with IT and the school's so obsessed with this. And, and when I went into the real world, I realised that Notting Hill had really been quite extraordinary and um, the more people I kind of spoke to about my school experience, or the more kind of grown ups I spoke to who had heard of Notting Hill and knew of it, I realized that I'd been really quite lucky, uh, very lucky, to be there. And uh, having been at Notting Hill, I've also kind of always passionately believed in female education. I've worked at two other uh, all girls schools um, in my time. And so once I moved back to Ealing with my own daughters, It was nice to return to notting hill to kind of full circle to be part of trying to kind of bring up and educate women in a way that i had i really kind of appreciate now i look back on it uh
5: mine's a bit of a mine's a bit of a strange answer and maybe one i shouldn't admit to really but um i didn't have the best memories of of the school and actually i kind of wanted to come back to sort of restore them a bit um, and I think I kind of came back wanting to see what it was like from the other side um, wanting to um, enhance the experience from a position of understanding what it's like to go to the school as a whole so I think I, I was sort of coming at it from a point of I wanted to be a teacher that knew what it was like to be a student somewhere and therefore be able to understand what pressures people might be feeling that kind of thing and be able to respond in a in a really um, honest and whatever way so I think but actually I think since arriving I think it's a different it's a very different um I find it very different being a teacher here versus being a student here I think all the students here still respond in the same ways that we did as students Um, but from a teacher's perspective it's quite interesting to see where the pressure comes from because I used to think it came from the teachers but now as a teacher we do everything we possibly can to try to reduce pressure. Um, and it's still there. So it's, it's an interesting one to kind of to see that from both sides. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my honest answer, really. Um, and I,
4: when I first became a teacher, I really, no offence, ladies, I did, really didn't want to teach girls. I was much more <laughs> nervous of, um, I suppose, the judgment of young women and girls when I was a young woman myself as a teacher. Um, So bizarrely, I taught only boys for 16 years. And then eventually, now I teach girls, I I love it. This is my second uh, all-girls school. It is really near my house. (laughs) (laughs) I will will admit that. Uh, It's really nice to come back. And um, obviously, I don't worry quite so much at all as an older person about um, the judgment. It's really nice coming back. And I would agree with Miss O'Connor about her observations of how the girls are amazingly the same, um, but it is quite different as a teacher, I think. Um, It is very different as a teacher. Um, Also, the school is so much busier in terms of the number of people than when I was here. So it was quite normal to walk along a corridor that didn't have lockers in it, or that um, you knew which teacher lived in which classroom. There's a lot more people full stop. I think that adds something to the sense of busyness uh, in the school
1: yeah so you've you've all kind of spoken about what it's like to be at notting hill what do you think is like the essence of a notting hill girl i think that's quite fun like alumni and then teacher
3: Uh, i think Notting hill girls are cleverer than they think they are um i all the time, kind of across all the ability ranges in my lessons, still think that Notting Hill girls are seriously kind of sharp and feisty. Uh, I also, like I say, I think uh, Notting Hill girls are uh, reserve uh, judgment and hold back. They're not they're not great with change, I would say. So I know that um, all of us have been new teachers here and um, Notting Hill girls really like to kind of size you up before uh, deciding that you kind of firmly belong, um, which is quite funny when you're an old Notting Hill girl yourself. Uh, But I think really my main thing is that probably Notting Hill girls have a tendency to underestimate how just kind of how fabulous they are. They really uh, are amazing at juggling the extracurricular and the academic and kind of doing amazing things like this and being sort of playful and funny and... Very very funny and very very witty actually that 's lots of the experience i 've had being a teacher as well that the, the bounce, um, is <laughs> good <laughs> yeah I
5: think I mean I, I agree with pretty much every piece of that um, and and just but generally people that are really hard on themselves um, I think we we all need to learn to be a lot <laughs> less hard on ourselves. Um, I think that kind of ties in with the thinking not not realizing how lucky you're or intelligent we are by constantly comparing ourselves to our peers, we forget what the world's really like. And I think that ties into the whole pressure thing as well, that we, we see so many fantastic people around us that we forget that we're fantastic too, and actually we need to remember that. Uh,
4: I, I'd agree with some of it. I think definitely girls are really clever here. Um, there's a lot of things going on, so if you want to get involved in things, you can. I was always very grateful when I was here for the things that we got involved in because it was normal to get involved in it, which I think if I'd been in a slightly different environment I would have been more reluctant because I was always a bit self-conscious, really. I'm still a bit self-conscious. I don't want to get involved in this staff singing thing, but my um, department are dragging me into it and I'm just... I will do it. There we go. Um, yeah, but I would, I would say I think the girls here are very funny, very nice, but I have to say that because I'm still in the new category, so I'm still being sized up.
0: So you <laughs> see... Um, and in terms of sports what sports did you play because we have a sort of growing I don't know group of sports that we can play are there any that you would what want to play what
1: sports are available now but weren't available
0: when you were at the school yeah are there any that you'd like to play now but we have the option to that you would have liked to have played
5: so as I said as I said earlier I was able to do swimming later on and lifeguarding which I know is in the sport but like you know it was part of the pool and everything um, and Sorry, um And uh, netball as well. I was involved in hockey. I was not a fan of, um, but all basically beyond that, oh, uh, loved rounders, hated athletics. Um, anything beyond that didn't exist. So like yoga and rowing and run, like <laughs> running as a a Sorry, fun thing making, to do rather than an athletic thing it's making me
4: laugh because these things were not on the radar at all no. it was hockey in Pitshanger Park <laughs> yeah. uh, a waterlogged Pitshanger Park where um, you learnt to just really thwack it to get it to go <laughs> anywhere um, and we used to do self defence by the way we had that as an option and uh, we could go swimming but we had to go to Gonell to go swimming soon to be demolished um, so yeah it was very very different but I loved the hockey
5: actually even though it was freezing and muddy we went to Trailfinders for hockey and Brentham for um, rounders. Do you still get chased down the? Like, do you still have to get there yourself? Like, do you still go to other venues for sports like that and still get chased by the minibus? We used yeah, to, have, we used so to we, have. So we we used to have to run down to Brentham, uh, and they would be in the they would be in the minibus honking us, going run. run! <laughs> <laughs>
4: that
5: was that no, was no, the journey. I would to not do like you. that. that was yeah. time no. my heat teacher
4: was called Miss Payne. It was very nice, despite the name, Miss Kane. (laughs) Uh, We did tennis at Brentham, I think. But the the hockey pitch down at um, Pitsanga was extraordinary because it's now just an open field, which doesn't look in any way like it could have a flat flat rectangle on it. It's quite an odd place.
0: Sorry, Miss Eastwood, we had to mute you (laughs) because you had some feedback. So Miss O'Connor was speaking and we didn't realise you were. Do you want to answer the question? sorry.
3: At what stage did you meet me? All I was talking about was how much I hated hockey. No, we, uh, we didn't get any of it, so start
1: from the beginning. Well, well,
3: I, was, I came from a state school which had boys and girls, so kind of netball wasn't a thing. So we. Were, so when I came to Notting Hill and got into the netball team, I was so thrilled. And that felt really sort of um, Mallory Towersy y to, for there to be a team and there were kind of lists that went up on the board and you had your, you know, your kit and everything. And I loved, loved, loved playing netball. I was the smallest girl in my year when I joined Notting Hill. You you can believe that. And so I played a kind of little plucky centre, but hated hockey. And uh, the outfits didn't, you know, they just weren't good. Uh, The kind of mouth guard thing was horrible. Um, But what I was saying is that the sports uh, staff now are so much better than in my day. I think they're absolutely amazing. They just kind of... um, Miss Nicholas has more energy than anyone I've ever, ever met in my whole life um, <laughs> and so I love, I love the way that sport is now, you know, it's just, it's uh, really kind of unapologetically ambitious for all the girls that play, which is great.
1: Uh, we were wondering if you could go back to your time at NHEHS, what would you change and why?
3: Miss Eastwood, you can start
1: since we to you.
3: Oh, oh gosh. I think I made the most of all my years. I was a kind of eager beaver year seven, like top of the, um, you know, the classroom decorating competition. I threw myself into that and kind of fashioned the papier-mâché Christmas pud and all the rest of it. I was a proper year nine with, you know, detentions and eyeliner and tiny skirt, Uh, kind of pretty fun year 11. And then I was, got my head down in sixth form. So honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. I think it was a really, I really enjoyed kind of uh, all the crazy phases.
4: Gosh, that's a really hard question. What would you change if you could go back? Um, Well, I really liked being here. I was quite uh, nervous about coming to Notting Hill. I came from a local state primary. Uh, We used to call it Snotting Hill, uh, (laughs) a local (laughs) primary school. So I was quite nervous about coming here. I came here with my twin sister, and I had a couple of friends from the same school, but not very many. Um, And I, I did love it, actually. I think... There are a couple of teachers who were terrifying, a Latin teacher called Mrs Evans, who I still sometimes see at the old girls' tea. She's still terrifying. She's still six foot and um, a scary person. Uh, She used to tell off my sister and I as if we were one person, so if we both forgot homework, you got punished for two, um, which wasn't great. but otherwise, I, I really did enjoy it. I had so many amazing teachers, particularly my art teacher, my history teacher, who obviously has had a big impact on me because I teach in subjects a long time later. Um, and some really dynamic people like the politics teacher who came in like a whirlwind, who was here all quite recently, Miss Ashley, I think you had her as well, Miss O'Connor. She came in like a whirlwind. It was um, quite a big experience, that's I think. So there's not much I would change, really. I think um, it was probably the school was probably a little bit old-fashioned in some ways. Um, and in others, quite modern. We all wanted to do home ec and we were told to bake our buns at home because we had other things to do here. And I thought that was a really big message. You know, the, the things that were stereotypically domestic were just definitely off the agenda.
5: So, yeah, I wouldn't change much, actually. Yeah, I, th- I think trying to think about what I would change is a difficult, a difficult thing because what happened happened and is put me where I am today so I wouldn't change things in that regard um I wish I'd known some of the stuff I know now as a young person but I don't know that I would have been any different anywhere else so I think just general immaturities or or lack of confidence or self-esteem or whatever that all I think would have been there regardless of where I was um but you know my my main kind of group of friends I met from here so I still see them on a regular basis so that's really the biggest positive that I can really pull from a place in my for me is the people that I've then grown to know and love for many many years.
0: Well thanks so much for coming on it was really lovely to speak to you. (laughs) getting all like Notting Hill tingles. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Um, Well, can I just say, girls, really quickly actually, when I came for my interview at Notting Hill, Mr Schultz said, you know, what do you think Notting Hill needs or whatever? And this is three and a half, four years ago. And I said, I really think Notting Hill should get its own podcast. uh And uh, so I'm so glad you guys have done it. And boy, you have done it so well. So well done you. Thank Thank you. you so
0: much. Okay, so now just a quick shout-out. Um, good luck to everyone in House Netball. May the best house win. <coughs> <Hepburn>. Elliot,
1: Elliot! <laughs> uh, tune in next week for our Christmas extravaganza. we got a jam-packed episode.
0: Indeed we do. We'll be hosting a teacher's Christmas quiz with Mr. Cheney, Dr. Snook, and Dr. Stark. And India from Year 13 will be playing one of her original songs for us all to hear. We're very excited
1: that we are. We'll also be announcing the winners of the Christmas raffle and launching a new competition. How mysterious for you to all have a go at over the Christmas holidays. So join us next week for all that festive fun.
0: As always, follow us on Instagram, drop us an email or DM us and let us know any shout-outs you want us to do. Thanks
1: for listening.
0: Bye! Bye.